Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Hey, Financially Savvy Travelers, welcome to another episode of The Thought Card Podcast. Today, it's going to be a solo show, and I'm going to share with you some of the tips and things that I've learned as a published author. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I share all about my new book, which is called Affording Travel. And this is the book that I wish I had when I was in college and I was in graduate school and I was a young adult trying to figure out life, trying to save money to travel and really developing the strategies that I've used over the past five years. So this book really has everything I know about saving and affording travel. I'm not going to tell you to stop drinking coffee because I like my lattes. I'm not going to tell you to sell your belongings, although all these things work. But there are different strategies that I've used and other financially savvy travelers have used as well. So to piggyback off, the, off of that episode, I really wanted to share with you what I've learned because the journey of becoming an author still is mind boggling for me. And the first thing I really want to talk about is limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs really held me back. I've been wanting to write a book for years, for years. But what I've learned is that if you are a content creator, meaning if you are a blogger, if you are a podcaster, if you are a YouTuber, whatever medium you're using to create content, you are a author. You have all the skills inside of you to become an author, especially if you are a blogger, okay? If you are a blogger, you have all the skills inside of you to become an author. Definitely, it'll be different in terms of the formatting and how you talk to your audience for sure. You will learn a bunch of things along the way as you start writing books, but I sat on the idea that I needed to be an author before I ever became an author. And I didn't realize that I was practicing blogging. I was practicing being an author by blogging for over, you know, over five years at this point right now. So do not discount all the work that you put in as a content creator and how you can transform that content and really package it into a book. So that is my number one tip. If you're a content creator, you are definitely have what you have, what you have inside of you is enough for you to get started writing your book. And I hope that helps someone. Tip number two would be to set yourself up for success by creating an outline. Every book that I've written, I mean, I've only written two books, but I've written two books, right? Every book I've written, I always figure out what date in the future I want to start writing the book. I don't just say, oh, I'm going to write a book and then I start today. No, I say, I'm going to write a book and I start a month or two months out from then because I really just need to 
calm down, have some mental space, some mental clarity so that I have a one particular date. I'm going to, you know, hit go and then I start heading for the races. For me, that has been super, super helpful to pick a date in the future, not too far in the future, maybe one or two months out. And that really helps me get into the writing mode and zone. You know, imagine me with coffee or tea, like, you know, sitting down and, and, and doing all those things. So that's really what how I've been able to really get focused, especially because I have a blog, I have a podcast, I have Facebook news, I have all these different things that are competing for my attention and my creativity. So picking a date in the future and carving out time for my book has been super helpful. With that being said, I have found it super helpful to take time out, especially in the first week of my writing process, to focus solely on the outline of the book. The outline is super important, at least for me, because whenever I start to lose focus or I'm going off on tangents, I go back to my outline as a guide. The outline is really the the map of what this book looks like. And at a glance, I can look at my outline and know exactly where I'm going. So my outline has has literally helped to keep me on track, keep me focused. It is, it's my head, it's my headlight. It's my definite direction. And it's I think for me, especially as a uh, nonfiction writer, outlining is super super critical. So that is my number two tip. Number three is getting beta readers for feedback. For my first book, Iceland Nature, Nurture, and Adventure, I decided not to have beta readers. I was on a really tight deadline. I was working with a small publishing house, and I chose not to get beta readers and not to have beta readers. It was a conscious decision, and do I regret it? Yes, Eh, yes, I do regret it. But at the same time, I just needed my first book to get out there. Um, I wasn't I didn't want to have excuses or people's thoughts jumbling my thoughts and for me to like second guess me publishing this book. So I'm happy that I didn't have beta readers. But one of the feedbacks that I got from a reader of the book is that she had wished that I had more black women perspectives in the book. The book was very singular, talking about my personal experience in Iceland which is helpful. Let's not discredit that. It's helpful to hear uh, store, a story uh, or how one person sees the world, but it could have been stronger if I had other Black women in the book who traveled to Iceland who could share their perspectives. So when I wrote my second book, Affording Travel, I knew that I needed to build in time to have beta readers because they offer such phenomenal feedback. So I had actually given my book out, a draft of my book, and I told I told my beta readers, listen, don't look for grammatical mistakes, look for content, because I will have an editor work on this book. And the feedback I got really, I believe, helped to make the book so much stronger. If they had a question, I was able to look at that question and, and try to answer it in the book. If they had a suggestion or anything that came up in terms of their thought process, it was just helpful to know what their feedback was. Like, how are they perceiving this book as a first-time reader? It was also important if, when I'm picking my beta readers for people to be 
in the travel theme. Like my book is a uh, an affordable travel book. So talk about travel and money. So I really wanted them to be connected to travel. So I had people who were travelers read the book. I had people who were money experts read the book. So I kind of had this nice uh, dynamic cast of characters who came together to read the book. So when you are asking for beta readers, I did not ask my mom. I did not ask my mom or Kyle, love you guys, but I did not ask them to read the book because I knew that they were going to be subjective. I wanted my beta readers to come with me with ideas, suggestions, with honest feedback so I could make this the best I could, right? So that is my number three tip is to don't be afraid to get beta readers. I'm honestly, I was definitely afraid in my first book to get beta readers timing was definitely an excuse and I definitely understand that but I'm super happy that I got over that hump for the second book and that I'm able to benefit from having my close band of friends and beta readers come to rally behind me as they gave me feedback for the book all right number four I hope you guys are enjoying this so far so number four we're gonna be talking about getting your audience involved so if you are a content creator again if you're a blogger podcaster or youtuber you have you create content for your platform you'll have an audience which is a wonderful thing to have and get them involved get them hyped up and excited for the process to know that you're writing a book and you know Poll them, ask them questions. One of the great things that um, my good friend Stephanie Perry had told me, she helped me design the cover for my book, Affording Travel. She was like, hey, why don't you, I know you're struggling with these two covers that you really like. Why don't you just, you know, ask your audience? I was like, duh, let me ask my audience. So I went in my Facebook group, Financially Savvy Travelers. Please join if you're not in there already. And I asked folks, which cover do you like, A or B? I also went on Twitter and I got lots of feedback. People just love to chime in and tell you what they like and what they enjoy. And that's important, especially if they're in your audience, they're invested in you and your message. So find ways to get them involved. Poll covers, poll titles. There's just so many different ways to get your audience involved early on in the process. All right. Okay. With piggybacking on all things audience, it's also super important to let them know early about what you're doing. So piggybacking off of the audience topic, it's super important for you to also let your audience know early. And I still am struggling with how early do you let people know, but letting people know early just allows them to hear more about your about your book, why it's important, the transformation, if it's a nonfiction book, transformation that you're promising for them to have. And it gets them ready to eventually buy. Okay. If I drop my book tomorrow and the first time you heard about it was yesterday, you're likely not going to buy the book, right? Unless you really, 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 really love my content and you know, like, and trust me and you're ready, you know, you're a super fan. Most people, they need time. They need exposure over and over and over to commit to making a purchase. So I've learned that it's really, really important to pre-sell your book, which means that you have your book for sale, even though it's not necessarily ready. Okay, so when I was pre-selling my affording travel book, I was still working with an editor. I was still editing it down, formatting it and all the things behind the scenes. And that's totally okay. Because on Amazon, it says 
available for pre-order now and the book will be released in x and x date so they are buying the book now knowing that as soon as it drops on that publishing date that they'll have their hands on it which is great it also when you're telling your audience about this early it just allows you to pre-sell which is really important when it comes to amazon and becoming a bestseller so i did not pre-sell my book in my first iteration of the Iceland Travel Guide, but I did take advantage of the opportunity to pre-sell for the Fording Travel Book, and I'm really happy that I did. I think it was a really big uh, game changer, and I'm really happy that I took the time to really let people know about the book, develop buzz, go on other podcasts, market, market, market. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea that, okay, I am an author, I write books, but you also want people to read your books. And marketing is a huge part of being an author. And you'll definitely see the more you promote, the more likely that you'll get people to buy and be invested. So those are my tidbits for talking to your audience early and also pre-selling them and letting them know that, okay, it's available, uh, buy it now, um, pre-order it now, that it all helps. It all helps. Last but not least, I was asked the other day, uh, is it uh, important for you to hire an editor? I would say undoubtedly yes. Hiring an editor has single-handedly been one of the most important things that I've done for my creative career because I have learned so much by just looking over my editor's shoulder and seeing what she had to you know revise and what her thoughts were I'm horrible at using commas and using certain punctuations and things like that but to see her over and over say make sure you do this make sure you do that make sure you do this I am starting to pick up on the nuances of grammar, the nuances of how to say things. And one of the big things, moments for me that literally made me cry, made me ball up and cry. I actually hired the same editor for the first book and second book. She did an amazing job. So I I hired her again. And when reading the second book, she said to me, Danielle, your writing has improved a lot. And it meant so much to me to hear that. It was an easier read for her. I had figured out how to write paragraphs and not write like short paragraphs like blogger. Like I just had transformed from a blogger to an author in a matter of one book because I hired an editor. So do not discount hiring an editor. Another reason why you should hire an editor is that you really do not want your readers to be fixated on your grammatical mistakes and not your content. Don't get me wrong. You're definitely going to find, you know, typos. We're not, I mean, we're not perfect. So, but the whole point here is to be as, as close to uh, grammatical error free as possible and making sure that your content is so strong, you know, that even if you do have one or two errors, you're not going to, your readers are not going to get distracted. I've read books, self-published books that had plenty of errors and I just got distracted. I couldn't focus because I'm like another error, another error. So you don't want that. Take the time to invest in an editor 
don't just take their grammatical or whatever edits that they make and just say, okay, thanks, that's it. Try to really dive deep and understand the behind the scenes why and take the time to really understand the editing that was done because it will just make you a better author. Like I know how to make paragraphs now. I can catch some very small grammatical mistakes. All these things have really, really helped. Now, editors are not cheap. And there's a reason why they're not cheap. They're highly skilled. But it's something that I highly recommend investing in. This is an investment in yourself, okay? I have found so much value in having an editor. And now my editor knows my style, knows how I write. And we have such a great working relationship. And when I have another book coming out, I'm hoping that she'll be available to, you know, help me edit that book as well. All right. So those are some of the big takeaways that I've found as a new author. It's so funny because in this journey, I don't think anyone could have written a blog post and I would have read it and I would have got downloaded all these tips um i had to learn this through trial and error i had to learn this through uh putting my feet in the fire doing something new and taking a risk and putting my own money on the line you know hiring an editor is a cost um but i am so happy and proud of the results that i am seeing and and who i am today you know i can say that i'm a blogger and i'm an author and uh that just brings me brings me so much joy. So again, I hope you found these tips helpful. I hope you also feel inspired to go on your own journey and consider writing that book. I know it could seem like, you know, like, am I ready? Am I not ready? But if you never try, if you don't sit down and try to, you know, type those for that first paragraph, you'll never know. You really never know. If I didn't have the idea to write a tra- Iceland travel guide, I would not be here today, right? I would not be able to share with you that I have a second book out. So super, super helpful. Now, before I let you guys go, I just wanted to also share with you that one of the resources that has really helped me as an author, because again, there are just lots of nuances. And one of the things I actually struggled with for a couple of weeks was formatting my book. But the course that has helped me so much as an author is Make Money with Ebooks by Michelle Jackson. It's a course that I highly recommend for aspiring authors. And I will leave all the information for that course, the links in the show notes that you can go ahead and grab it if you really need that one-on-one help or if you need um, just more support and more guidance um, and you don't want to spend so much time like trying to figure and tinker things out like I had in the past. All right, guys, that is the end of this episode. Don't forget to go out and head to Amazon right now and grab a copy of Affording Travel. It really shares all of the strategies, literally everything, brain dump, everything I know about saving money for travel. It is how I have traveled to 27 countries and four continents over literally like the past five years or so, you know. Um, I haven't been doing this for that long, but I've been able to do so much even when my budget was limited. So that is it for today. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.